You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. So this passage offers them the same assurance once given to Jacob that earth and heaven are still connected. It's not all lost. The world can still be made right. Well, good morning to all our listeners out there. It's a brand new year. It's 2024. And our title this week is Jacob's Ladder. Our gospel reading from the lectionary this upcoming weekend is in John 1, 43 through 50. And it reads, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So the first thing that I always chuckle at in this passage is how it characterizes Jesus with a a slight case of sarcasm here. Philip uh, has found Nathaniel and told him about Jesus. Nathaniel's response is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? There's no sugarcoating there. There's no niceties. Um, Nathaniel's just saying things as he perceives them to be. There's no pretense. And Jesus meeting Nathaniel claims Nathaniel doesn't mince words just to be polite. Nathaniel's not socially sensitive here and doesn't even attempt to hide how he really thinks or feels about something or someone. He has no deceit here. Now, last semester, my daughter well, had the privilege of, of playing uh, Selamine in her university's creative arts and theater department production of Moliere, the, the misanthrope. And the play, if anyone's familiar with it, the play makes fun of uh, French social hypocrisies back in the day, like customs of niceness between members of the aristocracy with little regard for what was actually true about a person. The show centers around Selamine, which was my daughter's character, and Alceste and their relationship, and it asks whether Alceste is a hero for his uncompromising honesty, devoid of all tact, or, or whether or not he's just a social f- fool. And Alceste and Nathaniel, from our reading this week, they remind me a lot of each other. Nathaniel here doesn't think deeply about what he's saying about Nazareth or the people who live there. He simply reveals his own bigotry towards those people. And it's it's not honesty here 
or or is it freedom from deceit as jesus very subtly and sarcastically points out here it's rather a harmful bias this passage also reminds me that the early jesus followers they had no decision to accept jesus as their personal or private savior such a, a, an individualized approach that had not crept into the Jesus community yet. And instead, the call that Jesus makes in all the Gospels, and even in the book of Acts that's extended by his disciples, is to follow him. Not to accept a gift from him, but to follow him. Consider just a few of, of the following passages that uh, I've added here from the Gospels. This is Mark 1.17. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Mark 2.14. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. Levi got up and followed him. In Mark 10.21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. In Matthew 4.19, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Uh, Matthew 8.22, Jesus told him, follow me, let the dead bury their own dead. Matthew 9.9, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Matthew 10.38, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. In Matthew 19.21, Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. In Luke 5.27, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. In Luke 9.59, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go and bury my father first. In Luke 14.27, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And lastly, in Luke 18.22, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So in all of these, Gospels, Mark, Matthew, and Luke. And I share all these passages so that we can really get the impact of what the gospel call was. It was not to mentally assent to uh, some gospel truth and then go on living the way you always had. It was a radical departure from what was then the status quo. It was, it was to reject the way of Rome and to follow the way of Jesus. You reordered your life to follow Jesus and his teachings, specifically his teachings about the kingdom. And remember, that was a way of being human together as a community that was rooted in the golden rule, enemy love, nonviolence, <clears throat> resource sharing, wealth redistribution, uh, restoration of, of things that had been, uh, of injustices that had been committed, uh, reparations, and more. It was, a, it was a social vision where people committed to taking care of one another as the objects of God's love and making sure each person, uh, each person had what they needed to thrive. It was about love of neighbor and a preferential option 
for those the present system marginalized. So as this new year begins, I think this is a good time for all of us to take a little inventory of what it means to be a Jesus follower today. It's not enough to have accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. That language, that rhetoric, doesn't exist in the Gospels. It's more than even worshiping Jesus. That's not there either. It's, it, it's, it's, it's more than trusting Jesus the way we trust an insurance policy. It's about following him and his vision for what life could look like here on earth, working toward shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Love of neighbor, it means seeing your fellow human, whoever they are, as part of yourself, as connected to yourself, all of us together as part of the human family. It means committing to being part of what is best for us all. Uh, And lastly, in our reading this week, Jesus speaks to Nathanael about seeing the heavens open. And then there's this reference to Jacob's ladder and to the apocalyptic son of man. The heaven opening language, that's the same language the synoptic gospel authors use to tell the story of Jesus' baptism. In Mark 1, since Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. In Matthew 3.16, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. In Luke 3.21, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. So the Synoptic Gospel authors, remember John doesn't mention Jesus' baptism, but it does talk about this heaven being opened. The the Synoptic Gospel authors, they connected Jesus' baptism remember, to the imagery in Isaiah 42, and we've talked about that a little bit last week. And that that imagery describes one who would establish justice in the earth, one in whose name, um, as the Christmas carol, O Holy Night, reminds us, all oppression would cease. In undoing our, our systems of economic extraction, this chosen one would end violence and bring peace on earth. Isaiah 42, 1 reads, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. So John's gospel connects this baptism imagery. Also here with this imagery of, uh, from Genesis of Jacob's ladder. In Genesis 28, 12, it says, He, talking about Jacob, had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. John's author, he conflates the imagery of Jacob's ladder with the Jewish apocalyptic imagery of the Son of Man in Daniel chapter 7. He makes them one and the same. In Daniel 7, the Son of Man brings liberation from injustice, oppression, and violence, specifically that of the world's empires, and brings about a new way of shaping human communities. And in Daniel 9, it reads, in my vision, sorry, Daniel 7, in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, sovereign power, All nations, peoples, and every language worshipped him. 
His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. As I watched, this horn was waging war against the holy people and defeating them until the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the holy people of the Most High, and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. But the court will sit, and his power, talking about that horn, will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, power, greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will worship and obey him. These are ancient Jewish liberation texts in which the people, they long to be delivered from their imperial oppressors. What John's Jesus is doing for Nathaniel in this week's passage is connecting the images of Jacob's ladder and the Son of Man and then telling Nathaniel that he's going to see uh, it all. Jacob's ladder assured Jacob, who longed for deliverance from his brother Esau, whom he had wronged and from whom he was fleeing for his life, that ladder, that vision was an assurance to Jacob. Jacob was on the run. He was in exile. After Jerusalem and the temple were no more, which is, we know this is when the Gospel of John was written, the people for whom John's Gospel was written, they probably felt like exiles too. So this passage offers them the same assurance once given to Jacob, that earth and heaven are still connected. It's not all lost. The world can still be made right. No matter how bad the world is right now, violence can end, oppression can cease, and injustice can be made right. And this leads me to a possible application for us in this new year too. Are there places in our world where we're struggling to believe that there's hope for change? Where in our world do we need to be reassured that earth and heaven are still connected? Where do we still long for liberation from those things that are causing harm right now? Whether we call it Jacob's Ladder, whether we call it Jesus' kingdom, whether we refer to it as simply God's just future, or simply, in non-religious terms, the way of justice and love. Where are we longing for reassurance that a world of compassion and a world where there's enough for everyone is still possible and still worth fighting for? In 2024, as this new year begins, my hope is that we'll each take a moment to remember that earth and heaven are still part of one another. And in this new year, may our daily lives be the lived prayer we find in Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our group application this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, what does it mean for you to follow Jesus? Share and discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, doesn't matter, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there. 
If you'd like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries, you can go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on X or Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Meta's New Threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily post. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, please take a moment to like and leave us a positive review. This will uh, help others find this podcast as well. You can watch our new show on YouTube called Just Talking Each Week, where Todd, Leonard, and I take a moment to talk about the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We talk about those passages in the context of love, inclusion, and social justice, and our hope is that our talking will be just talking, as in justice, but then also something we might say will inspire you alongside of us to do more than just talking. So if you teach from the lectionary each week or you're just looking for some insights on uh, the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find it at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Once you get there, please like, subscribe, hit that notification button, leave us a comment. If you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at RenewedHeartMinistries.com. And remember my latest book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels, is now also available at RenewedHeartMinistries.com. Right where you are this week, keep living in love. Keep choosing compassion, keep taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. Happy New Year. I'll see you next week.